CBDC is the only bank dedicated exclusively to entrepreneurs. That's why we're proud to support women entrepreneurs with the Thrive Podcast, providing startup women with the support and resources they need to start and grow their business. An award-winning entrepreneur, one of Canada's most powerful women, and Startup Canada's ambassador for women entrepreneurs. This is your host, Janice McDonald, for the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. You're listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, a show inspiring, connecting, and educating women entrepreneurs across Canada. On this show, we connect you with leading innovators, change makers, and organizations helping women to own it in entrepreneurship. The Thrive Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community and voice for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. This podcast is presented in partnership with Business Development Bank of Canada, the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs. Make your way over to startupcan.ca forward slash podcasts to subscribe to the Thrive community and subscribe to listen to this podcast on iTunes and Google Play Music. I'm your host, Janice McDonald, president of the Beacon Agency and Startup Canada's ambassador for women entrepreneurs. We're thrilled to have Sandra Altner on the show today. Sandra is the chair of the Women's Enterprise Organizations of Canada and CEO of the Women's Enterprise Centre of Manitoba. The Women's Enterprise Organizations of Canada is comprised of six member organizations working to serve the unique needs of women in all regions of Canada. Resources, services, and programs provided by these organizations include professional business advising, mentoring, business loans, skills, training, trade missions, and so much more. Combined, these organizations have directly supported more than 90,000 women entrepreneurs as they start and scale their businesses. Sandra herself is a former entrepreneur, although I think you're always an entrepreneur, Sandra. <laughs> a mentor, a mentor and a champion of building entrepreneurial and leadership capacity amongst women. Delighted to speak to you today, Sandra, and uh, excited for you to share all of your wisdom with our listeners today. Well, thank you for having me, Janice. This is a great pleasure. So what's the key message you hope our listeners will take away from our conversation today? Oh, so many. I would I know. say uh, uh, the key message would be to be successful and grow your business. You really have to have some foresight um, and you have to have some, some discipline to manage your finances uh, in scaling up and, mm -hmm. um, and listen Listen, look, learn, network, be inspired mm -hmm. by others, and take advice. I, I think those are the, the basics of any good business development. Well, you would know, having supported more than 90,000 women entrepreneurs as they start and scale their businesses. So, I would love to take um, personal responsibility for yeah, that, Janice. It's all you, of course. But I think it's really important, actually, to 
to for everybody to actually listen to what you have to offer because it is a wealth of expertise. So why don't we first start with your women's enterprise organizations? Like how do they operate? What are the services you provide? And how can our listeners get involved? If you could kind of, I know it's a big question, but if you can just kind of wander through all the different areas that um that you can offer women entrepreneurs, I think that would be a great place to continue our conversation. I'd be very happy to do that. Thank you. The The Women's Enterprise Organizations of Canada um, is, is made up of a membership of, of major women's support organizations throughout the country. There are many other members. I've given you the, the uh, you've mentioned the, the six members of the board of directors, but we have 28 or 30 other organizations that are support organizations that also in some ways have support services that benefit women entrepreneurs. And it's our aim to um, develop women's enterprise organizations or WEOC as we call it, to be able to serve uh, as an association of those organizations to share the best practices, the things that we have learned over the years, the programs that we've developed to provide a, a communications channel, to develop um, yearly symposia, to exchange information, and to gather information that will benefit all of our constituents directly or indirectly through our member organizations. And some of those best practices could be um, some of the things that we've developed, for example, in the Women's Enterprise uh, initiative organizations in the West, such as the Pierced Bark program that ha- was developed in Alberta, some of the mentorship programs that come out of BC, um, uh, the um, the work that's being done, the research that's being done in Indigenous entrepreneurship in Saskatchewan, our own My Gold Mine program here in Manitoba, and, and lots of other ideas and programs and projects that we've been working on over the years to share with all of our sister organizations and through them, the entrepreneurs that they work with. And so how can our listeners get involved? So they're hearing about all these amazing programs. What's sort of the starting point? Where where do they where do they begin if they say, wow, I didn't even know this was available? And unfortunately, the truth is, Sandra, and, you know, we've both been working in this space a long time. It's still surprising that, that you know, there, we need to keep sharing with people how many great resources are available. So, you know, what's, what's that way that our listeners can get involved? Well, if you are an organization that works in any manner, profit or non-profit with women entrepreneurs, and you want to be part of WEOC and, and part of our communications network, then um, I'm very happy to share my contact information. Please get in touch. This year, it's free membership to join up because we are just in the organizational throes. If you are an entrepreneur and want the organization that you work with to be a member so that you have the benefits of this network then by all means encourage that organization to to uh, be in touch with us uh, I, I as you know Janice we have uh, our own 
network throughout Canada, with the exception of strong representation in Ontario. And mm-hmm. and we are hoping that at some point we see an Ontario women's enterprise organization of some kind. And I know there are some, um, some things in the works that people are trying to move forward, and we certainly hope that that's the case. If you are an entrepreneur in Ontario, there are a number of smaller organizations who are support members of ours, like um, Innovation Guelph and, and other smaller, like Paro, for example, that you could get in contact with who are already already members. And if you have specific questions in areas of financial programming or additional coursework or, or really anything that that we can provide through uh, the webinars and podcasts that we're working to develop, then um, certainly encourage your organization to be in touch with us. That's perfect. All right. So let's say now our listeners have said, excellent. Um, Now that I know, uh, I've just joined one of these great organizations. In your view, what's the first thing our listeners should do when they join one of these great organizations? Um, Well, I would say join is a a difficult word because... our members, join up, our, you know what you I know, mean. If they, yeah. if they participate, get in, involved. Yes, with, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a better way to say. Because it. not all of them are, are membership based, and yes. I just don't want to True. confuse the issue. No, thank you. That's yeah, that's important distinction. So, you know, my my suggestion is the same way we would suggest to anybody who walked in the door here or called us would be to be very clear about what it is you need. Uh, mm. We work. Our organizations all work with every kind of woman entrepreneur from basement startup all the way through, you know, I'm at the $2 million mark. I really want to get to the $5 million mark. So there's Mm -hmm. a huge continuum there. And if you're clear about the things that you need and the support you need, that really does help us to triage you in the right direction, the right path to take so that we can Mm -hmm. optimize your experience with the organization. What about people, though, you know, that in a sense almost don't even know the help they need? And that's often the case. So there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that. You know, I have an idea or I don't even have an idea, but I want to be an entrepreneur. So um, I can talk a little bit about, if you like, I can talk about some of the things that we have here in Manitoba that are in some ways in in other Mm -hmm. organizations. We have a a, a kind of... um, wide a wide range of services that will serve women who only might want some ideas who are just starting out. Um, we will also work with those who are looking, you know, luckily in the West, we have loans attached to our advisory services as well. So we have loan development. We have edu- Which is huge, right? Which is actually really huge because we know that access to capital, it remains difficult for women entrepreneurs in Canada. And so, you know, this model is just phenomenal. Well, we, we think so too, and we'd certainly like to see it emulated. We have been studied by organizations around the world who have come to mm-hmm. talk to us and some of our staff has has traveled. Uh, uh, my staff two years ago was in Ukraine and then went to Vietnam to talk to organizations that really see us as being very effective. And, and there are studies that show, you know, metrics that show that the intervention of organizations that have a lending capacity has huge, significantly higher um, outcomes in terms of productivity, longevity, uh, uh, job creation, profitability, all of those things really make a difference when when you can tie 
money to the advice. Now, I, I just want to make sure that, uh, and I don't have to tell you this, but um, mm-hmm. you, throwing money no, but for our listeners, you know, yeah, throwing mm-hmm. money at a at a, a business is not always the answer. So it's money tied to good advice, mentoring, networking, mm-hmm. um, and action on the part of the entrepreneur. So really to go back to your original question, you know, what should mm-hmm. listeners do when when they get uh, in contact with an organization? Be clear about what you want. W- uh, establish where you are on the continuum. Are, you know, are you a new business starting out? Are you an existing business looking for a loan? Are you um, looking simply for education and training and developing a business plan or um, a, a, a looking for some other business management learning opportunity or you're looking for information on social media do you just want some mentoring and coaching because we have we have a, a great many things that could uh, serve that there's a wonderful program that's come out of Alberta called the Peer Spark program which is a facilitated peer mentoring and professional coaching that we're in our second go round of that here Alberta's been doing it for about 5 years they've done it uh, it's rolled out into Saskatchewan as well and it's women in growth businesses who uh, want want to get past that spin and get to their mm-hmm. first million or their first five million so it's a um and, and that's peer like p-e-r yes spark mentoring yes. yeah yes. okay not pure. and so it is mentor yeah it, it's, yeah, it's not pure it's peer yeah and it's mm-hmm. it's a a very interesting program in that it's facilitated coaching so there is expertise and business it's got a, a business base to it but mm-hmm. it, it's really quite amazing how women work together to coach each other to develop uh, information and share information to help each other up the ladder it, it, it's quite extraordinary and it's really so satisfying and so wonderful to watch this happen this is our second group now and I'm just it's it's sort of like magic but it it's based on the fact that women tend to, when they're starting and working through in their businesses, tend to be in a vacuum. And I've, mm-hmm. you know, I've been an entrepreneur and I know what that's like. So mm-hmm. it, it's wonderful to discover that there are other people who are going through the same or similar experiences that you can exchange information with and you can say things to that you can't say sometimes to your own friends or family or, or your own network mm-hmm. because they just don't, they're not in the same place and they don't know what the same challenges are. Or, you know, the the other thing is a lot of the times people expect you to know those answers because you're leading and, you know, so to be able to talk to peers who say, it's okay, I didn't know that either, or let me help you so that you understand it. You know, it's that, that's a very uh, powerful uh, and safe place, which I think is why it's working so well. I think so too. I think you're quite right. So it could be the mentoring and coaching programs. It could be events and networking. And we, for example, here we have breakfast networks. We have of special luncheons and receptions with with topic focus. Um, we we have something coming up in January called She Day, which hmm. has grown over the last four years. We're going to have sixteen hundred women in a room uh, listening to inspiring speakers talking about um, things that inspired them and 
tips and techniques they learned and really sharing information that is of such great use to women, whether they're entrepreneurs or they're in uh, corporate Canada or they're raising families. So it really is about leadership and entrepreneurship second, secondly. But really being an entrepreneur is learning to be a leader. So we see that these two are tied very much together and we feel it's part of our mandate to be to be presenters of this really amazing event. And the convening power, uh, sixteen hundred women. That's that's pretty remarkable. Oh, it's wonderful networking. I just being in the room, listening to, to over the lunch hour of people talking, exchanging information, exchanging phone numbers and emails, and and talking about their shared experiences is just it, it really is uh, indescribable. So I know, Sandra, you said, you know, throwing money uh, at at a business isn't always what's needed. And that's absolutely correct. But one of the things I would still like to talk about is money anyway. <laughs> so, you know, members of your member organizations have a 93% loan repayment rate. So what's the key to ensuring you don't stay in debt long? Well, just because I, I didn't talk about money initially doesn't mean that I don't think it's absolutely. Oh, no, set. no, I know that. I just mean you said sometimes. <laughs> you know, throwing at it isn't, we know money's essential, like plain and simple. I was just being playful. Like, <laughs> so I know, you know, it's important. So, well, and but, so important that it works, right? Absolutely. Members of you. Yeah. Let, mm-hmm. let me, um, let me be playful with this question as well. You know, why to ensure that you don't stay in debt long? I would mm-hmm. say, of course, pay your debts, but I think debt is important. <laughs> Being in debt yes. is a good thing yeah. if you manage it mm-hmm. properly, because the yeah. goal is really to self, eventually to self-fund, but using other people's money to grow your business is a really good business decision. I, I, and the trick is ensuring that your business can always service the debt that you have so that you're very strategic about the debt that you take on and how it's used in a way that is going to pay itself back. Um, Too often women start businesses with credit cards or personal finances and then when it really gets tough and they need some expansion dollars, there's nothing there. There's nothing to draw on and there's nothing there to base credit on. So we, you know, this is one of the really strong messages that we send is, is don't be afraid to go out and get a loan. Uh, and yes. If you can, and, and now so many organizations, um, it's not just women's enterprise centers, but um, BDC and other financial institutions are, are recognizing that women are very much an underserved community and Investing in women-owned businesses really is good for the economy. So money is a little bit freer than it used to be. It just uh, – the important part here is to manage your finances carefully, manage your cash flow, um, ensure that you have good credit, understand your numbers. And and that really is a big issue for a lot of women who were brought up or socialized to think <clears throat> that they don't, you know, they don't know math or they're not good at math, which is very sad to to see because mm-hmm. it certainly isn't true. Women are as mm-hmm. capable as their male counterparts at doing math and, and understanding financial statements. So we have a, an interesting program here in Manitoba called My Gold Mine. And I named that because I recognized um, in my life, in, in my uh, entrepreneurial career, that in my financial statements, which I had been just filing after I paid up 
CRA, uh, that mm-hmm. there, was, there was a gold mine of information that I wasn't using. So strategically mm-hmm. managing your finances through understanding your ratios and how your money works for you and where your real profit centers are and and having a proper working with your accountant to develop a really good chart of accounts so that you actually know what your cost of goods is or your cost of sales, um, what your services cost to provide. You, women underestimate the the value of their time. So uh, we have jewelry makers who say, well, it doesn't cost me anything. I'm just sitting in front of the TV doing this. Well, <laughs> if you had to pay somebody to do it, how right. much would you have to pay to get yes. somebody to do it? That's what it's worth. So uh, mm-hmm. really, it's, it's a kind of education that I think women can uh, utilize that uh, will help to just establish a bit of a paradigm as to the value of your time and therefore the proper pricing of your goods and therefore the proper measure of your profitability and and a kind of planning that goes, well, I, I either have to sell more of this or sell it at a higher price or reduce my expenses. Or both. <laughs> but just looking at your numbers to say, how do I get to this bottom line and working backwards? I think that's really exciting and it, and it is such a significant opportunity for women to see that exactly how you said it, what a great title to call it your gold mine. And it's true. The answers are in those numbers and in those statements. And if you just see it as something that you pull out quarterly or annually, you're missing a huge opportunity. And, you know, along with that, I would add, Sandra, I think it's so important to have trusted advisors that you can turn to who can help you. I think that's absolutely key. And uh, I don't know that um, everyone really understands the value of that experience and expertise that's put at the disposal of everyone who walks in our doors. Um, You know, we're going to provide a reality check. We're going to provide constructive criticism. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think being open to that is so important. You walk in with a business plan or what you think is a business plan, and we may say, look, you haven't answered these questions. These are contingencies. Every line you write in a business plan is a decision you make about your business and a way to avoid disaster. So just filling in the blanks is not really enough because it's not going to give you the information you need or the forethought you need or the research or resources you need to actually overcome adversity, which will surely come your way, as we know. Right? So Absolutely. We, we, have, we have had a situation here um, just recently where uh, mm-hmm. a young woman came in who obviously had lived, lived a very charmed life and everyone had told her that she was wonderful and, and you know, she could fail at nothing and, and everything she did was perfect. And so when we looked at her business plan and um, one of our advisors who has herself successfully owned and sold a business said, look, we need to do some work with this and here's what I would suggest and spent a bit of time with her. This young lady was so insulted that um, we didn't quote unquote get it. Um, and and didn't like our tone and, and just really walked out without the wonderful resource that was at her disposal to mm-hmm. help her to create a successful business. So right across the country, there are women and men ready to provide advice and an important input, whether they're advisors or consultants or um, mentors, networkers coaches who have experience 
my goodness, I think one of the most important messages of, of this uh, particular broadcast would be avail yourself of those resources. When I had my business, which was longer ago than I want to say, there was nothing like this. Everything I did mm-hmm. had to be decided in a vacuum, and I didn't always make good decisions, and I certainly didn't have all of the resources that are available now. So this is this is the real gold to have somebody, even if it seems like a critique, to be able to say to you, look, here's here's something that you need to do, or have you thought of, or here's some questions you could ask. They're not telling you what to do, and they're not poo-pooing your idea. They're saying, to carry this to the next step successfully, here's some of the things you need to think about. And it's, um, it is an exciting time to be an entrepreneur and in particular, uh, a woman in business, because as exactly as you said, there are tons of resources available. And I think the real challenge for women entrepreneurs is to get out of their business on a daily basis and pop their head up and go and have those conversations and forge those relationship with the experts who truly can help them take their business to the next level. And of course, put a little bit of the ego aside so that you can at least hear the advice, right? You don't have to take it, but (laughs) you got to hear it. Exactly. I I think that's Mm -hmm. key. And uh, having open ears uh, as well as an open Mm -hmm. mind and open eyes, um, you can do anything. So WEOC, otherwise known as Women's Enterprise Organizations of Canada, advertises trade missions specifically for women. And I have done a trade mission, an all-women trade mission, and thought it was a remarkable experience. What is your advice for women who are thinking about doing so? And then secondly, how do you make the most of it? How do you optimize a trade mission? That's a really good question. Um, I would say that I think most that most women don't recognize how their service or product could be exportable. So that's step one is really look at what it is you're offering and whether or not uh, it can be put together in a manner where it would be attractive to larger markets or external markets. And if that's the case, there are a number of resources to support you. The, the enterprise centers certainly with uh, develop great capacity building programs. Uh, there's um, under Global Affairs Canada, the business women in international trade uh, um, who work with trade commissioners and, and develop these trade missions and who are just phenomenal uh, helpers in in developing export opportunity. And, and I mentioned Josie Mousseau in particular, who has mm-hmm. been just a, a real bright spirit in this area. And I would say that the, some of the most important points in getting ready for any kind of trade mission is know who's there, do your homework, recognize mm-hmm. who's, uh, you know, who's going to be there and, and what connection you could make with them. So do lots of research, position yourself appropriately. So depending on who it is you're going to meet or the possibility of meeting, make sure that you have your pitch ready in a way that will meet what you have understood to be their needs through your research. Use the resources that are there. Use the trade commissioners. Use the supports that come from the women's enterprise organizations. Use um, BWIT network talk, exchange, go to the receptions, go to the lunches, go to the breakfasts, because that's where a lot of business is carried out, not just in the in the lectures and, and in the uh, presentations, but in between times. So even if you're an exp- extra 
an introvert, I should say, if, as mm-hmm. I am, you know, you have to learn mm-hmm. how to get out there, have your pitch, figure out what it is you you are selling and how to make it interesting to people in terms of talking about it as a benefit to them or their businesses. And the other thing I think uh, as much as anything else is recognizing what level you are and what capacity you have to meet the market needs. So a lot of the trade missions to the U.S., like WeBank, for example, um, Mm -hmm. you're going to meet people like Macy's and Marriott and the airlines and big government agencies, and you may not be at this particular time properly positioned to be able to, you know, make a thousand dozen of something to supply Walmart. But Hmm. the place is going to be full of second and third tier uh, supply opportunities where you can provide something to the person who supplies the supplier to the supplier who supplies Macy, right? Because right. you start somewhere and there's always a market. So a place like um, some of the trade missions that, that we collectively have been involved with, I know, are WeBank and the, there's a trade mission to um, Atlanta. There's uh, one in Orlando coming up that go for the greens that BWIT is, uh, is um, supporting. So any of those have the opportunity to meet and match with big corporations and uh, big supply chains, but also those who go along to this mission are also looking for suppliers to to meet their needs. So, so be open and also be ready to invest time because the great likelihood is the first time around you're not going to have a contract and it may take two mm-hmm. or three times to make that connection. And to um, create the trust in your business that another business would require in order to do business across borders or across provinces. So take the time, invest the, the homework time, and recognize that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's worth working for and waiting for if you put the time in. And it also sounds like um, you have to be realistic about your expectations. So when you're saying, you know, so you go on on a trade mission, it doesn't mean you're leaving with, uh, you know, a million contracts in hand. Exactly. I I, I think, again, we help to (laughs) develop that reality check because that's what we do. We feel that's one of the greatest services that we provide is uh, Mm -hmm. to to give things a second look. And uh, it's... um, it, it seems very logical to me. It isn't always. I guess somebody who's going to spend $1,000 on a trade mission wants to see an immediate return, but it doesn't always work that way. You have to think in terms of, um, as everything, when you have a business, you have to think strategically. So mm-hmm. what is this investment going to get me in the long term? How long am I going to be involved in it? How many different directions am I going? What, who is my target? And, and what particular agencies am I going to work to reach? And how am I going to keep in contact with them? And that's the other thing, of course, is the follow through, is mm. don't just throw it out there once and say, oh, they never got back to me, so I don't like them and I'm never going to work with them because that doesn't <laughs> yeah. make any sense at all. You know, you're the you're the one coming knocking on the door. Knock on the door, do the phone, do the email, do the follow through, meet them again, uh, remind them who you are. There's so many different ways to reconnect without being a stalker, obviously, but these <laughs> procurement folks are really busy and they're really under the gun and understanding what their needs are and what their issues are really goes a long way to helping you to make that trust connection over time. 
This has been really amazing to hear about all the different ways that women entrepreneurs are served through your organize your your organizations and then through specifically through trade missions, how how we can optimize. What would be, Sandra, kind of a your your final piece of advice that you'd like to share with our listeners? I think um, I'd like to talk just a tiny bit about scaling up. Uh, a lot of people Great. don't understand what scaling up means. And, and I think it's so important for women entrepreneurs right now because this is how we have an impact on the economy, how we create assets, legacy, heritage, wealth, all those things that we want mm-hmm. to make sure that we, we level the playing field with our male counterparts. So scaling up is not just growing your business. It's really thinking about how you grow your business in revenues, but spend less to do it. It's a way to roll mm-hmm. out your strategy in a way so that you uh, you literally do more with less so that your your profit grows as your revenue grows or your profit grows to a greater extent than your revenue growth if you're doing things Mm -hmm. correctly. So I know this may seem a little esoteric uh, to some of the listeners, but really think in terms of how I can best utilize what it is I do, how I can best grow it in a way that that meets the needs of the market, of the economy, of the external factors, my own strengths, um, and and uh, those things that I have to learn and overcome and skills that I have to develop. So really, scaling up should be a very strategic focus. Take the time to create strategy for your business. Take the time to stop. Don't be so busy driving that you don't stop for gas is what I tell people. So, <laughs> you know, just... That's a great one. Take, yeah. take the time to step back and really be planful and thoughtful about how you want to grow your business. Sandra, you are a wealth of knowledge, and it has been wonderful to spend this time speaking to you. Sandra is the chair of the Women's Enterprise Organizations of Canada. She's also the CEO of the Women's Enterprise Centre of Manitoba, clearly an expert in women in business, in women's entrepreneurship, executive leadership, and on and on and on. Thank you again, Sandra Altner, for our conversation today. It's been my great pleasure. Thank you, Janice. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, a show inspiring, connecting, and educating women entrepreneurs across Canada. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to find resources designed to support thriving women-owned businesses across Canada. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rivers Corbett. And to learn about the latest startup community news and events, like our popular startup chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Until next time, I'm Janice McDonald, leaving you now with a sneak peek of our next episode. Hi, this is Patricia Soon Much, founder of Evolution Inc. and publisher of Lisbeth Online Magazine. You're listening to the Thrive Podcast with Janice McDonald. So, what's entrepreneurial feminism, and why is it important to you? Yeah, so entrepreneurial feminism. One of my observations was that we weren't getting, we were not 
how would I put it? We needed to do more to address some of the gender inequities in the entrepreneurship and, and innovation space. And this came from my experience running an incubator, uh, serving as an executive director at the Ontario College of Art and Design University, and then later uh, spending more time uh, basically supporting incubators and their work and noticing that we were too reliant and incubator spaces were a little heavily on the masculine side and also mm-hmm. um, you know tended to use materials that were developed by uh, mostly men in terms of tools mm-hmm. and perspectives and uh, you know venture design tools that sort of thing everyone's familiar with Osterwalder uh, but probably mm-hmm. not many people are familiar with the feminist uh, business model canvas uh, like for example you don't see that sort of uh, being used in incubator spaces and obviously those are not gendered tools anybody can use them it's not just for women but they re- they reflect a different perspective on uh, on venture creation can so, you pause there for a sec because you brought up something that I think is really interesting. I don't want it to slip by. Uh, feminist business model canvas. Tell us how that's different from the regular business model canvas. Yeah, sure. So the regular business model canvas, you know, developed by Alex Osterwalder was actually quite it, it, extremely innovative um, in its day because up until then, people were designing businesses by following business plan templates. What he brought to the table was taking most of the decision areas of a business and putting it on one page in boxes. And if you look at his template, um, it's very rudimentary. It's, you know, what is your business? What's your your vision, mission? What is your business? It's very much based on MBA style business school style thinking around business uh, here's your customers here's your product you know cost revenues I, you know most people who work with it will understand this however it doesn't ask uh, it doesn't ask other questions so um, the feminist business model canvas looks at venture creation and also the elements that you want to create in there from a a very different perspective it asks questions like what are some of the expressive needs you're you're considering you know, considering creating with the products and and the company that you're you're building. So, what is an expressive need? It's emotion, and one of the things um, that isn't asked in the Osterwalder thing is what kind of emotions are you hoping to, uh, you know, your customers and your stakeholders to feel when they're engaging with your company or with your product, to, and use that as a des- insight for design and sort of how you might operationalize your venture. 